the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Healthcare Now, paid for by Integrated Physician Network. This program is recorded to air at this time. Welcome to Healthcare Now with your hosts, Larry Jones and Dr. Mark Shayat. Want to become an educated healthcare consumer? Then join our discussion about all things healthcare and understand how to navigate our complex U.S. healthcare system. Now, let's join our hosts in the Healthcare Now studios. Welcome to Healthcare Now. This is Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones, and uh, we're in the uh, beginning of January 2024. We talked last week about this being the entry into our fourth year of doing this show. Yes. And, you know, we want to look forward to a new start after the year, some new facts, you know, maybe some new ideas. I mean, what do we got, Larry? Well, you know, it's a great day, Dr. Mark. And, you know, let me say before I get into, you know, our program for today, we are beginning our fourth year. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell you how enjoyable. It has been it being has been on the ride. air for you with you for three years. I tell you what, it has it has been a, it was something that we didn't know where it was going to go. And 10, 15 years at least ago, we would have never dreamed not this at all. happened. Not at all. You're right. But, You're you know, right. the whole purpose is obviously to help build educated healthcare consumers. Right. And just have an honest discussion about how to navigate our complex U.S. healthcare system. Yep. And it's very complex, Dr. Mark. It is. And it gets more and more yep. complicated. Although I think, you know, what we have learned over these years of reporting is there there are the news cycle in healthcare, like everything else, yep. it kind of it is a cycle, right? We come back to things that we talked about a while right. back. Right. And you and I, if we're if we're experts on anything, you know, it's value based care. Absolutely. And I think we we I don't think we talk about that a lot. Yep. And I think today we're gonna do a little bit of background and education on on what our listeners yep. and what our providers, what everyone should yep. know about value based care. A little more of a deep dive into value based yeah, care. Because it is it's not yep. it's not complicated. It's probably no. the least complicated thing. But when we just use the label, we're probably leaving some people behind. Exactly. But, you know, Dr. Mark, it's a great day. Uh, The new year brings new possibilities, a new start, opportunities to improve our lives. And we can choose to be happy in spite of what life throws at us, Dr. Mark. It's true. I mean, you hear that a lot, but it always always kind of cracks me up how busy my gym gets in January. But uh, you can can choose to be there. But, you know, along with that, we talk about getting a new start getting your PCP visit, yep. getting an annual wellness visit, right. knowing your numbers. Yep. And we're just going to expand a little bit about that today, about accelerating value-based care, Dr. Mark. Let me throw you a couple of stats. Based on the estimates of the National Health Institute, 90 million lives will be in value-based by 2027. Currently, there are only 43 million. Wow. So this we're ex- more, more than double. More than double in the hmm. next three years. Actually, two and a half years. Right. The expansion is going to be fueled by an increase in commercial value-based care membership. And, you know, we're in those programs. Sure. And also a greater penetration of Medicare Advantage and the start and more improved products under the Medicare uh, ACO program like we're in today, the ACO REACH right. program. And, and we've talked about how, you know, that's the goal on the on the federal side yep. is that by 2030, which is just three years beyond that pro- projection, all those programs 
So all those 50 million clients yep. are going to be involved in some type of value-based care yes. management system. That's right. So that's going to account for a large number of those. And I really like to see, you know, the commercial growth ha- has been steady, yeah. but it, it's not it's where Medicare is well, definitely stalled. They're saying Medicare is going to be a hundred percent value-based yes. by 2030. Right. And, and commercial is going to end out being about commercial is probably about 30, 35%. Yeah. Um, they may get to 40 because there are more programs. You know, we've expanded our network yes. mm-hmm. and we've built more programs. We're currently have all four major payers right. in a commercial arrangement, right. which really does a lot of things. But let's talk about what really happens in value-based care, Dr. Mark. I mean, I think the the bottom line that we'll start up first is, mm-hmm. is that it, everyone involved is involved. So right. it, it and if everyone works at it together, so if you've got your patients understanding what they are going to do, right. I mean the patient, the, the, our our listeners are involved in that value based yep. care success That's because right. they're they're the at the end of all they're making the decision on how to manage their minute to minute care. That's exactly who, right. Who they're going to see? That's are right. they going to see their primary care yep. for that wellness visit? If they have an urgent episode, are they going right to the emergency room? Or are they figuring out that there might be a different way to obtain care yep. that yep. would would contribute to that value based savings? Yep. So, so that's really but patient centered is the key. That's 100%. the first bullet. Yes, yes, I've got about eleven bullets that I want to go through. That's a big gun. Patient centered. Yeah. yeah, that's a big. That's an yeah. automatic. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but patient centered is number one, and that really brings back the fact of taking ownership. Right. Not only taking ownership, but being a full partner with your physician in the overall care. Yeah, really being thoughtful. Yeah. Really being thoughtful yeah. of, of right. how your health care should be delivered for you. Yeah. And and it's not it is a responsibility, right? And it's yep. an added thing you have to think about. Yep. But the payoff there isn't just money. Yep. I mean, that is how you want to be cared for. We've said That's time right. and time again. If you follow yeah. these processes, your outcomes improve. That's right. And, you know, and that's, that's you. just, it's, it's proven. You're hitting on yeah. a number of things here. But let me ask you, Dr. Mark, do you think in the past patients have been held accountable for their care? No. No. Talk I, about that for a minute. Well, I mean, you're, you basically have a contract. So if you're, if you're not government-based, right? Right. You basically have a contract with your commercial insurer. Right. And you pay a certain amount per month. And you have a certain deductible, yep, right. and you have certain copays, right. and that is set up prior to the new year. That's right. And then for that entire year, your benefits. Yeah, you're, yep. that that's what you're set with. That's right. And if you do something that is outside the, let's say the the greatest path towards value based savings, okay, right, you're you're not actually penalized any more than you were when that's it right. says, well, you're out of network costs or copay are going to be yep. larger, yep. right, or right. your coverage is going to be less. But it's all right. there, right? So. No matter what you do differently, it's right there in that initial contract. Yes. So if if one group does a it's great called certificate job, of coverage, your your certificate your benefit of coverage. Plan. That's right. And so so if someone does an, a stellar job through the year, they aren't really financially rewarded. And on that's the other right. hand, that's if right. they do a less than stellar job, there's not there's not a stick. Right. You know? Right. So well, so no carrot, no stick, and and you're just you're you yeah. just get on the boat. And it takes you to, to next year. Exactly. We're going to talk on both about the patient side and the physician provider side yes. today. Okay. Because what's in it for both people? But that patient-centered is number one. Mm-hmm. The second one is it's a value-based care is a doctor team approach to patient care. Right. It's not one physician making all your decisions 
Yeah. There is a multiple group of physicians, right. depending on the chronic conditions that you have, mm-hmm. as to who's going to be involved in your overall care. In addition to making decisions on your care plan, they're also responsible to educate you on how you are involved there, right? Yes. So, yes. so if there is something new that happens, it's more than them just writing an order and putting it on the EMR, and then you yep. get you getting something yep. at your pharmacy yep. or an appointment yep. somewhere. It, they have to instruct you and educate you yeah. on why are we doing this right. and why can't I just do this other thing? Yep. And so that's, so right. that's, that's the partnership that has to occur between Absolutely. the physician and the patient. That's a great term, partnership, yep. Dr. Absolutely. Mark. Focusing on the total patient care in partnership with your team of providers. Yes, absolutely. No, that's and a perfect it is. way to do it, that. It, it's, yep. it's, and, that's, and, and that kind of terminology has been around for a very yep. long time yep. in, in healthcare, but we've, I think we've gotten a little bit away from the conversation. We have. We have. And, and I want to bring this back and help both our payer, our physician community, our ancillary community, and even our patients absolutely. that we take yep. care of. But, you know, the next one is access and best treatment plans as an overall approach for the patient. Right, because you have to, I mean, from, for good outcomes, problems have to be evaluated and treated, yep. Yep. right? And so if you just stay in your house and suffer, um, w- yep. when the, the, the end result is going to be a 911 call. That's right. Which you're is going to end be, up in the ER. Yeah, it's going to be dangerous yep. for, to your health. Yep. It's going to be costly to the yep. system. And and it, it's really something that yeah. could have been avoided yeah. or the outcome could have been improved. Yeah. One right? of our patients called me the other day, Dr. Mark, you'll love this. And he said he was having real problems getting a follow-up appointment with the specialist. Mm-hmm. He said that they told him it would be 40 days before he could see his cardiologist. Right. And my question was, are you engaged in our value-based programs? He says, what's that? Yeah, sure. So, right. yeah, and again, when you talk about access, if you're engaged with our care team right. in an, an accountable care yeah. value-based program, you're going to have access. Right. We're going to help you get those appointments. Right. I made a couple phone calls, and he actually has an appointment on Tuesday. Right, and, and I, yeah. have, I have friends of mine will often call me, and I'll, you know, I'll be able to agree with you know, the personal right. connections. Yep. And everybody goes, man, it's a good thing that I know you. And I right. say, well, actually, there's a system that's built that's out right. there for people that don't know anybody. That's exactly right. And, and that's your and system that's the and value-based value care. care. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and that's exactly what the team is there for. And maybe we should describe the team a little bit. So yep. we talk about what we do okay. with value-based care. Sure. And we don't just say, hey, physicians, you need to do care this way, yeah, do this, right? do that. Yeah, so that's what, not the way what we're works. actually doing is we have teams of clinicians that go out to the doctor's offices yep. that have access to insurance information and see how clients and clinical engage. data on every yeah, patient, every patient. Yeah. And, yeah. and you can see patient by patient, not, not, this isn't a numbers or a study game. This yeah. is a patient by patient evaluation right. of right. how could we improve access yep. or, or expenditure yep. on this particular exactly. patient. And then we can go. We don't. We don't. We don't address the patients because they're right. not our patients. That's right. Right. They, That's they right. belong to the, the, the system, physician. Right. So we we go to the physician office and the, and talk to the providers and say, Hey, do you need any help? Because you're busy. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't realize that here are some ways that you can go get those mammograms in a timely fashion, yep. or get in to see one of our specialists in a right. timely fashion. Exactly. So everyone who's engaged with a commercial or a governmental group that is doing value-based care should know yeah. 
that they have a team. They don't have to call the doctor's office if they're having trouble. They can call that provider's side and get this fixed. And, you know, the other thing when you talk about best treatment plans, value-based care in many regards has eliminated the need for a second opinion, Dr. Mark. Sure. What's your thought on that? Well, I mean, I think this the only real need for the second opinion is if the client isn't feeling comfortable right. with, with what's being said. That makes sense. And yep. and if the relationship is there, most of the time that discomfort is that the that the physician isn't isn't really educating or explaining things yep. well enough. Yep. But if you've got that physician patient relationship, provider patient relationship, mm-hmm. you're less likely to get that confusion yep. of of, you know, I mean, I get, I, again, get calls all the time about, oh, I want to get a second opinion. Listen, yeah. listen to what this guy I said to me. I still get those calls, oh, too. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, listen to what he said to me. And, and it's almost it's with disbelief that I hear some of the things that are right. said. Right. And part of it is interpretation, and part of it is is busy busy providers. Yep. And so if we can work with the providers, and that's what we were talking about when that's we started, really what we're talking working about. with the yeah. providers yeah. and help them communicate exactly what needs to be communicated to the patient's they're not, they're not going to be seeking second opinions. Yep. And just to be clear, yep. I mean, physicians, we like second opinions. Yeah. Because most of the time, I mean, if we're an experienced provider, I mean, we're, we feel confident in our decision. Mm-hmm. But if you go see somebody else and they say the same thing and you come back to us or, they say, or, your or, they, or they say something yep. different, you weren't going to be happy with your outcome if you didn't go with your gut and get that second opinion yeah, yeah so that makes so, sense. so that, yeah. that's that's a little play on yeah. yeah we're seeing less of them but i don't it's not yeah. because we're trying to avoid them yeah you know we're going to continue talking about what really happens in value-based care dr mark as we come back we'll be right back you're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with dr mark and larry Navigate the healthcare process like never before. It's Healthcare Now with Dr. Mark and Larry Jones. Join us at 7 o'clock Thursday evenings for a great discussion on all things healthcare. Healthcare Now, Thursday nights at 7, and now Healthcare Now Extra, Saturdays at 11 a.m., only here on The Answer. Take The Answer with you wherever you go. TheAnswerOrlando.com. Tune in, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion on the go. AM 950, FM 94.9. The Answer. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. You've got Dr. Mark and Larry Jones in the Healthcare Narrow Studios, and we are talking about value-based care and trying to do a little deep dive education. So we talked about the patient-centered approach, right? Part of the yep. very, very important part. We, did. we talked about addressing the, the physician or provider team and yep. their, their involvement in yep. value-based care. So now let's go to the, the care management yep. support. Exactly. We, you know, when we, we, and we also talked about access and best treatment right. based on the total care of the patient. But care management support in a value-based program, Dr. Mark, you have a complete care team. Yes. Let's talk about who those people are and what they do. Yeah, and let's start by where, like, where they are housed. Yeah. Okay. They are not housed in the physician office. No. They are not housed in the insurance company buildings. They are housed in this management group, like in, like ours, like, ours, yeah. our, like IPN. Um, and, and many and, times it's called an accountable care organization, right, an ACO. Right, an ACO. Yeah. 
uh, or or in each one of the commercial products has a different set of of, of initials or acronyms for they what they do for it their value. It could be an base. MSO, it could yeah. be an IPA, it, but right. but mainly we're talking about the care team of the program of value based right. care. And so, a lot of the times, these organizations like ours have multiple models of value based yep. care. Right? They may have some that are government sponsored. They may have some that are mm-hmm. commercial. And and we hire clinicians. We hire yep. nurses. Yep. We we hire statics. You know, we, we actually assistants. And so we we have people that are going to interface with the information that we get. Yep. And the physician provider office. Yep. Okay. So so it's a whole. It's a different company. And we, all those people make money, they get paid, and, and the way they get paid yep. is by taking a percentage of what the insurance company saves. That's right. Right? So and we that's don't, called we're not shared savings. Shared savings. That's right. And, and we're not taking anything from the patients, and we're not taking anything that's from right. the doctors. No. Nope. And in fact, we're sharing our cut with the doctors. That's right. And that's right. And that's kind of what you talked earlier about. That's a about, good way to put it. Yeah. And yep. you kind of yep. asked earlier about, you know, who gets what from Yeah. What's where. the financial impact? Yeah. So. Yep. So for the physician and their their relationship with that care management team, if they work with the care management team successfully and the system yep. succeeds, yep. they're actually going to get yep. cash. Well, you know, let me throw a number out here. You know, we talk all the time about primary care only gets about 8% of the healthcare dollar. Right. And one of the reasons is if you're strictly in a FIFA service environment, you're billing CPT codes. Right. And, and CPT and, code right. reimbursement's going down. It goes down every year. That's I right. I mean, it goes down every year. In fact, they your, took your a 3.37% conversion rate decrease 10 days ago. Yes. Yes. So, so yeah. you know, if you get in and and let's say as a, as a primary care provider, your most commonly used things are going to be new patient visits yep. and, and chronic patient visits. They call visits, them evaluation right? and management, right? office visits. Yep, the E&M yep. codes. That's E&M codes. So right. you, got, you got between five and eight codes that you go to the insurance company and say, okay, this is how much it, it used to be. You could just set your number. Right? Exactly. And then in the current day, we'll just jump all the way to what yep. it is today. Today, right. basically, if you want to be able to offer care to patients that have a particular kind of insurance, mm-hmm. you just got to accept the contract you're going to be given. And right. in any given market, and there's really can, no negotiation. Be, be, there, it's there take it or I'll drop yeah. you. Exactly, and that's what they're doing. But in the value based side, mm-hmm. when you're talking about outcomes performance, it's based on a shared savings of the cost and the quality right. that you provide for that patient to get that patient to a higher level right. of of life, really. And and the quality. The, the of life. number one, the the best takeaway from this discussion mm-hmm. is you would think. That okay? Oh, you're you're trying to you're trying to cut, you know, cut off cut the cost. cut the fat, yeah. cut yeah. the cost, yeah. and pour money, pour more money in the providers' pockets. It's really just and the well, opposite. Well, well, yeah. it's all those things. It is, but the outcome is better patient results and better quality and, of life. And flat out, hundred yeah. percent of the time, you know, that's that's what all all the studies yeah. show. Yeah. So you would think if you spend less, because that's what's happening here, mm-hmm. we're spending less money right. on healthcare, right? right? That you must not. Be as healthy at the end of the day, right. but that is not right. what we see. No, no, and 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 we can talk about the reasons why this because yeah. there, there's a science behind it. Yeah. I mean, because we're selecting these providers, right? We're we're evaluating these providers, and we're, we're evaluating their outcomes on how they're doing every month, right? So yeah. so yeah. they're going to see a problem early as a, as opposed to late, which is yeah. going to improve the yeah. outcome of the patient. Yeah. yeah, let's talk about the care team itself, Doctor Mark. They okay. they perform a number of different things. First, the biggest one in reality is transition to care. 
Mm-hmm. If you've ended up in the ER or admitted and you're discharged, What's then next? the next thing is, do you get yourself back to your primary care doctor mm-hmm. for an evaluation? Do you make sure that your medications are adhered to properly? And uh, if you need a sniff or any other rehab after that inpatient uh, right. process, it's all coordinated in an appropriate manner. Right. And and the system has mandated that emergency rooms yep. make contact with your primary care doctor. That's right. But guess what? If you didn't go to your annual visit, you don't really have a primary co- That's right. care doctor. You may have someone assigned on the paper, That's right. but you don't have a relationship and with them. And if that's not in your system of the health system that you go to the ER, they don't know. There's no communication. But, and and it's it's a very common yep. Answer that that someone at the ER says, "Oh, well, you see Doctor X, and you, you who? Yeah, I I know I haven't exactly. seen I haven't seen anybody. Yep. And unfortunately for the system, that actually mm-hmm. puts a, a a bad mark on Doctor X. Exactly right because exactly. because he or she is part of the system, and you are a responsibility. Yep. But but you've never seen that that doctor, <clears throat> that's right? Right. That's so that, right. so that's kind of a I think that's <clears throat> kind of a, a tough concept to well, imagine. But that those transitions of care. So now if we have yep. someone like that mm-hmm. who's in the system, but they don't know they're in the system, yep. you can have that care management team step in and, and contact the doctors and say, hey, you have a patient that's on your scrolls. We don't see that you've seen them, but they were in the ER last night. Exactly. And they need follow-up. That's right. And the reason they're in the ER is because they weren't seeing you. Yes, yes, for sure, yeah. for sure. And, and, you know, the other thing is the communication with a hospitalist. Very few primary care doctors make call anymore. How, uh, they're busy. Hospital calls. Right, right. But then the communication between that hospitalist and the primary care is another thing what our care team does. Right, right. They make sure because there is a bunch of data. So let's say you yes. go to the emergency room, yes. you're admitted. You're seen by a hospitalist and maybe some consultants. Right. You've got a record in the in the EMR, yep. and that record is accessible. Yep. And we can make sure that your primary care physician yep. sees it. But you still need to make the relationship. Yep. Okay. That's that, right. That's the part. That's right. I'll, I'll reinforce what I said earlier: yep. is our care team does not reach out to patients. No. That's not our. We're not allowed to right. do that. Right. So you still have to create that relationship and that means that access has to be there exactly and in these groups there is access to care right so it's a a very very crucial part of the system and you know the other piece is making sure that the patient as i mentioned earlier has their prescriptions yes has a follow-up appointment Mm -hmm. and in certain and we'll we'll talk about care gaps in a minute based on each individual payer right but one in particular is if you are admitted and then discharged for cardiology Mm-hmm. Getting that patient within the PCP within 14 days. Yeah. Okay. And and the others are 30 days. Yeah. For the for a specialist. <clears throat> yeah, or, yeah. For 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 the PCP for a yep. follow up visit. Okay. Getting them within 30 days. It shows research shows that if that patient does not have a follow up visit within 30 days with their primary care, there is a much larger chance of a readmission or a cardiac or, event or a cardiac event or an acute care event mm-hmm. that ends up back in the ER. See, and, and the, what I like about that is that we know, we know the data on all sorts of different ER visits, yep. right? And so 
and, and it is it is difficult because whatever problem you went to the ER with is your problem, it, right. it, and it's important to and you. And it's probably yeah. a chronic care management yeah. that turned into an acute, an situation. acute situation. Right. That's right. And and it may be something that it, like that the the person who called and said I can't get into so and so. Well, yeah. if it's a cardiologist, we know that we have to do better there. That's if it's right. uh, right. if it's a more of a chronic orthopedic issue, yeah. and that we know data shows that okay, you know, actually, I know it sounds bad, but if if you have to wait thirty days to see somebody. That's it's not going to kill it's, you. It's, well, yeah. Yeah, it's not, I mean, your outcomes more more specifically, yeah. statistics don't show that that's, that's right. going to improve your outcome to see or, them or sooner. put you back in the hospital. And because yep. it is, you have to agree that it is a limited resource. Everything that we're talking yes. about, yes. including the ER, it's a limited resource, and we have to right. figure out how to use it correctly. Right, right. You know, the other thing, Doctor Mark, is care gaps. What our clinical team does, if you are identified as a diabetic. But you may have what they call comorbidities, meaning additional chronic illnesses like kidney involvement, cardiovascular disease, hypertension. Uh, It could be blood sugar. It could be, well, that is diabetes. Visual issues. Visual issues. All those care gaps are checked off with the patient and the staff of the Mm -hmm. physician's office based on our clinical input with these patients and giving the data to the practices. Yes, yes. That's how right. that works. Right. And we're held accountable for, for a those. quality score for certain care gaps closure. Right. And we do a really good job of that, Dr. Mark. Yeah, and that's and yeah. and that's very important because if we pay attention to those pieces and carry them out, yeah. bottom line, better yeah. outcomes. Better yeah. outcomes for the patient. That's right. And yeah. then on the payer side, when you close those quality care gaps and you provide that transition to care, you meet what they call HEDIS, Mm-hmm. And STARS performance right. quality index, and all of our physicians and the ACO in total get an overall score every year, right? And every quarter based on how we're doing, right? And the different entities, the different payers, they have their different scores too that that they like, right? That's that, right. That, that according to well, they their information, they kind of measure you against the industry yeah. average, yeah. So you so you, so you have to show yeah. that you're you're outperforming yeah. to be rewarded. And if you recall a while back when we were talking about Medicare Advantage, we were talking about any Medicare Advantage plans that had a STARS score of less than three mm-hmm. potentially would be dropped by CMS going forward. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, that, that score needs that's to in be that in that five-star system. That's a five-star system. That's right. Three and a half to five is acceptable. Anything under three, they're going to eventually kick you out. But, but we don't have any fives right now. No. Well, that's true. We don't have <laughs> it's any fives. It's kind of crazy. We don't, yeah. But we operate as a four yeah, right. to a four and a half. Right. Eight, uh, no, when, star I, ACO. when I say we, I mean Central mean Florida, the, 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 payers, the areas. The, there are no five star plans, there. which gives you the ability to continue to market your plan all year long. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's so. So those, these are like really they're 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 getting a little deep um, as far as yeah. as some of the details. But yeah. again, the relationship between checking the right boxes. This yeah. is. Okay, when we talk about, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of wrap this one up with, okay, with taking good. it right, way out yep. in left field. Okay. When we start adding artificial intelligence, or as I like to say, and many like to say, augmented intelligence yep. into this yep. system, what we're doing is shaving down the errors. We are going directly yep. to better data, yep. and then, 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 very importantly, and, and AI is pinpointing the data. Yes, right. Where so you're not having to scroll through hundreds of pages of exactly, information. Exactly. So, yep. so you know, I'm working with a chronic care management team, yep. and we're depending yep. on these kinds of things the AI. to, to, to yep. augment how we can identify better patient management yep. in these chronic 
management, you know, right. chronic illness codes. Sure. And and that's that's really going to be the future, Larry. I it mean, is. We, we talked about yeah. we're in year four. We want to see what's next. Yep. That's the and, future. And that is absolutely the AI concept, Dr. Mark. I, I hope we uh, did more to explain than to, to confuse. But all in all, great topic. Thanks for bringing it up. Good. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break. And when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. Navigate the healthcare process like never before. It's Healthcare Now with Dr. Mark and Larry Jones. Join us at 7 o'clock Thursday evenings for a great discussion on all things healthcare. Healthcare Now, Thursday nights at 7, and now Healthcare Now Extra, Saturdays at 11 a.m., only here on The Answer. Take The Answer with you wherever you go. TheAnswerOrlando.com. Tune in, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion on the go. AM 950, FM 94.9. The Answer. Welcome to Healthcare Now. This Welcome is back Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry now. Jones. The truth uh, we are going to talk US about healthcare. all things healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios and, uh, with Dr. You know, Mark I think we had, and Larry. Uh, our last few segments covering value-based care. Yes. Very interesting. Little, very good. I, I, I do say, I think I started that out by saying I wanted to you know, simplify some of the thoughts at the end. I don't know. I hope I didn't make it more complicated, but, well, but we're think, here to answer questions, right? right? But, but I think what we did is give both the patient and the provider yeah. a bird's eye view of what goes on behind the scenes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's important. It you is, know, something is. really important happened this week. You know, we had this terrible storms come through. It's crazy North Florida, storms. This winter, this North Florida weird tornadoes. winter storm. Yeah. But I didn't realize that the governor actually issued an executive order declaring a state, state of, emergency of emergency in 49 mm-hmm. of our states this or, week. Uh, counties, 49 I mean, of our I'm counties. I'm sorry, 49 yeah. of our counties, mm-hmm. right. But what it did, it allowed people to get their prescriptions earlier than when it's due. Yep. Yep. No, I know. There's these little, that's pretty cool. These little loopholes yeah. that can sometimes, yeah. you know. But but the problem is, who knew? You and I knew. Yep. Right. No one else it, knew. Yeah. No one else yep. knew. I mean, I'm sure yep. there's there's some. But but so if you're listening now, we're still in, in that in that period, right? In fact, and, Dr. Mark, I never saw an announcement no, on I didn't this either. at all in the press. No, you know where that announcement needs, needs to be. You got it on the Department of Health That's website. That's where I found it. Yeah, yeah. right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and then I shared that with you. And how many people actually look at that? Three. No, I didn't. <laughs> you know, somebody That's else. Right, exactly. That's right. So, what I would what I would suggest is this would be a great place for people are are glued to the to the weather channels. Yep. Right, and they're glued to their local TV, and uh, you know all all West Two and all those great groups yep. that beat. You know, I may actually reach out to them and let and them say, know you need to you could, talk, start, yeah, start yeah. talking about this yeah, stuff because you could throw that yeah. in there and say, hey, by the way, because I'm sure I, I guarantee you they talk. They talked about the state of emergency. I guarantee yeah. it. Oh, they did. But, but they have to take talk about what that means. That's right. In healthcare, that's in right. addition to that's all right. the other things, right? Absolutely. No, that that's good stuff. That, yeah, that, that was. was uh, I'm so glad you sent me that this week, Doctor Mark, because I don't get that website. You do. Oh, do you? Okay. Being uh, in the education side of physicians. So. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. All right, but uh, maybe I can sign up for that. Yeah, no, Department it is. It, it, it's, the, it actually throws out some. It, it it's not not lots and lots of information every day, yep. you know. But yep. but everything that comes out. Because um, I've yeah. sent you stuff from there before, yeah, you have, and uh, yeah. everything that comes out is, is is important, yep. right? Yep. They, so they have the right level of information. So, I think a yep. lot of times there are a lot of these groups that we we uh, subscriptions that that come in, yep. and there's they, they just need to fill 
something right. every day. That's right. not the way this works. That's not this the is, way that one works. It's informative. At all. In fact, I went through some of the other stuff on that site, and it mm-hmm. was pretty interesting. It is, and, and I think it was urgent information. It is. It's it's, t- it's very key. timely. Yeah. And yeah. and it and it's delivered in that yeah. way. So it, but it puts a burden on the system yeah. to get get that yeah. information out, and it's very important. Yeah. You know, while we're talking about drugs, uh, five years ago. The state of Florida began pursuing the idea uh, and petitioned the U.S. Food and Drug Administration that would allow them to import cheaper prescription drugs into Florida, right. mainly from to Canada. Fight, to, to fight the PBMs. Yeah, to yeah, fight the, the PBMs. Yeah, the pharmacy well, benefit managers. Just this past week, Dr. Mm-hmm. Mark, Florida, out of 12 states petitioning, is the first state to be approved. Yep. That speaks well to, to Governor DeSantis' right. team. Yeah, they, they were on this early on, yeah. Uh, and then there were a few other uh, governors yeah. that that kind of followed suit. Uh, but uh, it was, this is this could be very yeah. very good. Yeah. I, you know, I just I don't know. I, I I need to see. I hope they keep updating us on where we are in this. So now it's yeah. been approved, yeah. but the but the machine has to occur, right? That's so right. now we can That's do right. it. But when I say we, who is we? Yeah. Who is bringing the medication in? Because right. it's not right. the PBM. No. So no. so well, you it's know. really targeted for Medicare, Medicaid. Even the prison systems and even the Department of Children and Family Services. Right. So Medic- yeah. Medicaid, obviously, and the prison systems yeah. Are, yeah. are going to be government entities yeah. for the state, right? Mm-hmm. And then so Medicare, how will Medicare be? Will that come from Washington? That'll come from Washington. Okay. Yeah, because there is a significant shared piece of funding to mm-hmm. Medicare from the state, from right. the feds. Oh, for, into for the sure. States. Okay. Okay. But then the they're really focusing right now, Dr. Mark, on HIV and AIDS drugs. Mm-hmm. And the other one that I was really surprised, mental health drugs. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Such a big issue today. It is. And the expenses there really aren't that high. It's really the oncology drugs that are that are crazy. Yep. Um and and then I don't think this will affect any of the uh some of those that the non generic yep. processes like all the yep. monoclonals. Those yep. aren't those aren't going to be on the list yet. Not yet. But but yep. the idea here is if we are recognizing that there's a problem right. with the PBMs yeah. and and looking for alternatives, yeah. Yeah. you know, looking looking for the Mark the Mark Cubans of the world that right. are going. Right. By the way, did you see he he sold his shares of uh, the Mavericks? I did. So I saw I, that. So I Dallas wonder if, Mavericks. Yeah. I wonder if he's yeah. going to get uh, more involved. Uh, Spend uh, more money on his PBM. I could it could be could be because yeah. because that's because he he got kind of uh, held back right yeah. by the government. He did, and yeah. so we'll see. Yeah. Maybe can uh, maybe can. Yeah. Have have more time, and for him, it's not money; it's time. Right? That's right, and so that's that's, right. it'll be interesting to follow and see where it but goes. But you know, Doctor Mark, going back to this uh, approval by the FDA, it's sad that it took five years and two lawsuits by ACA to the FDA to get this thing approved. No, it's, it's ridiculous, yeah. and yeah. and that's the way these processes work, right? They take so long, which is one of the reasons that governors and the like. Don't get that involved with it because it yep. goes beyond their election cycle. Yep. So five years, unfortunately, that's still within yep. his, but it's not his yep. re-election cycle for, right. for his gubernatorial that's race. Right. Well, right? DeSantis actually submitted the final proposal to FDA in November of 2020, Yep. and they just approved it. This in 2023, week. yep. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and talking about it before that. 2024, yeah, yeah, 2020, yeah, yep. exactly, yep. yep. No, it is. It's uh, so. So that's that's one of the issues. Is is, is it becomes a great campaigning thing. Yeah. And oh, without a doubt. And you know maybe if it's I don't know if it's 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 bipartisan. So without a doubt. So yep. if if 
it it's really got to it's really got to maintain its momentum. It's got a little bit of kick and momentum here, so anything that can keep it going would be great. And now, now Larry, the commercial side, they're not going to do it because no. the commercial side are the ones that own the PBMs. That's right. right? That's so right. just to to ed- educate the, I mean, we talk about that all the time, but you, yep. you forget yep. the biggest. The biggest commercial and the biggest PBMs are, are it's half ha- the uh, drugs being yep. dispensed in this country. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, so it is. I guess with competition, there may be some forces. Where will the forces? I mean, are they going to come down on the the pharmacy side? Are they going to drop their prices well, because obviously of the competition? Obviously, the American Pharmaceutical Association. Oh, they're is, up in arms. Oh, they're totally up in arms yeah, over sure, this. Sure. They're actually filing lawsuits and they're even taking it deep into freedom of information act dr mark Mm. that by being able to do this for our citizens of florida is a hipaa violation now see that's how far they're stretching to this well i mean how can you okay we're talking about getting medications from canada right right from our canadian neighbors right. right that's right so you can't fight this, man. It doesn't well, make the, any sense. Well, the big thing the pharmaceutical association is saying, quality is not the same. Prove and that's, it. that's just, the, all they have to say. Just prove it. Just prove yeah, it. That's right. Because, well, they haven't been able yeah. to do that. Well, exactly. Yeah, but yeah. the PBMs, are you going to tell me the PBMs don't use generic drugs from all over the world? Of course. Because, because they do. Half our drugs come yeah. from China, and, Dr. Mark. And, and the reason yeah. it's difficult to show efficacy is these medications that are coming in are changing all the time. Let's say yep. you take an antihypertensive, right? Right. And it's generic because the, 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 the mothership is, is, yeah. has and sailed And those drugs it. are pretty affordable. Yeah, pretty affordable. Yep. Yep. And so they may, they may even cost you nothing, right? That's right. But every month that you get a new one, the pill looks different. That's right. It probably comes from a different, different continent, supplier. different supplier. That's right. And just trying to figure out whether or not that has the same amount of the active ingredient that you need. That's right. I have I have zero confidence. Yeah. Yeah. Zero yeah. confidence in that. And and you know it's interesting. Uh, my wife is a healthcare professional, mm-hmm. as you well know, for many 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 years. She still to this day does not believe that generics are as powerful as branded drugs. No, I, I've got some personal yeah. experience that I would make me agree with that. Yeah, really? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Talk about that for a minute. Well, that's the one. It's the the yeah. antihypertensives uh-huh. that, that the uh, amlodipine, super common, okay. calcium Am- channel I'm familiar blocker, with amlodipine. And yeah. uh, Norvas was the generic. I mean, okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Norvas was the original. Um, that's the trade name. And Norvas, if you want to get that through a PBM, mm-hmm. a month supply is going to cost you... Three hundred to six hundred dollars. Wow. Okay. If you get the yep. generic from overseas, yep. it's free. Yep. And even if you had the money, you can't get Norvas, mm-hmm. right? And so um, that that was that was one of the medications in the family was talking yep, about. Yep. yep. Yeah. My dad was on yeah. that, and 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 when you could see real variations yep. in his blood pressure when he was taking that medication, yep. whereas if you on Norvas. It's, it was it was solid. Well, and it's interesting. We're actually talking to, and I'm not going to mention the pharmacy because it's up in North Florida. They came to us and, you know, Trilogy is a very expensive pulmonary drug for COPD. Is that an inhaler? Yeah, inhaler. Okay. And it's yep. like six $650 a month. Right. This company who is a pharmacy, been in business for probably 40, 50 years, mm-hmm. came to us and said, we can provide Trilogy to you in an inhaler form for $180, which is basically a third, a little less than a third of the cost. And I said, well, what are you doing? He says, we're compounding it. 
Right. So now, it's, so it's the bio. Yeah, yeah it's, it's the, the biosimilars. Bio That's yeah, right. Right. And so, do you really, as a care management company, trust that, Doctor Mark? No. I mean, you just yeah. you know, you it, without without the right studies, you can't. That's and, right. And that's so, right. so it does. I mean, but that's what that's what big pharma relies upon. Yep. Because I will tell you one thing about the the big pharmaceutical companies is their Q and A. You know, I'm, I'm sorry, their Q and I, their their quality assurance yep. Yep. is R and D too. Yeah, is yep. really high. It's I mean, it's really they they're, spend they're constant billions, billions of dollars, and yep. so they're they're taking drugs off the shelf when they get outdated they're they're really yep. staying on top of that yep. which is one of the reasons that yep. they're more expensive and yep. whereas these other companies don't have to do that at all yep. so it, yep. it's a little it's a little unfair yep. you know it, to take that yep. off the you know off yep. the playing field yep. and say that you don't have to do these things whereas you these other groups are yep. doing it so yeah I, yep. I would i would not i mean that's the argument against many of these biosimilars it is, it is, is. even if you could say it works just like it are, you're not you're not saying it works as well. Yeah. You're just saying that it has the it gives you the direction of the outcome that you're looking for. It'll right. show right. improvement in the issue, but does it show as much improvement yeah. as the original, yeah. if you will? Well, you know, at a four point five trillion dollar market of healthcare mm-hmm. in twenty twenty three, drug cost inched up close to twenty five percent of the yeah. total cost. Sure. That's over a trillion dollars yeah. in drug cost. How do we rein that in, Dr. Moore? Well, I think when we're looking at this exact issue of generics versus not, mm-hmm. there you could probably look at certain categories where a minuscule difference in, in quality might not change outcome. Right. Uh, but then there are some medications that it but absolutely does. But it could impact does. the cost dramatically. Right, but impact yeah. the cost. Yeah. So, yeah. so I, I think if you do a blanket approach and say all generics from Canada – you know, or from wherever, right? Versus not that that may get people into trouble. Yep. Whereas if we're able to figure out that certain medications are no, you know what? There's 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 really good and there's really good enough. And and yep. for our healthcare, yep. that that should be well. I mean, I don't know. Yep. That's one that's way a to great look conversation, Doctor Mark. We're in our last segment, when we come back. We're going to talk about will Medicare really run out of money in 2031? We'll be right back. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. Take the answer with you wherever you go. TheAnswerOrlando.com. Tune in. iHeart and Odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion. On the go. AM 950, FM 94.9. The Answer. Navigate the healthcare process like never before. It's Healthcare Now with Dr. Mark and Larry Jones. Join us at 7 o'clock Thursday evenings for a great discussion on all things healthcare. Healthcare Now, Thursday nights at 7. And now, Healthcare Now Extra, Saturdays at 11 a.m., only here on The Answer. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now, let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. You've got Dr. Mark and Larry Jones in the Healthcare Now studio, and we're going to pick up on a, a brand new topic here. Yep. Um, so we, we've talked about this, that there's been talk out there uh, from the governmental agencies and from from third parties yep. and uh, media saying that... The Congressional Budget Office congressional has budget made predictions. Office, right, right, that right. Medicare is going to run out of money in 20, 
31. Well, it's interesting okay. because you mentioned 2031. Originally, it was 2026. They pushed it. They then pushed it. Then it was 27, yeah, now absolutely. 28. Now they're saying 31. Right, 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 right. And we should have yeah. pulled up a little history of yep. Medicare and yep. how it all started. Right. And, and But it's, it's very interesting that, you know, it was created to sort of always grow yep. and always yep. always have input from people's yep. income. It was recreated under the Lyndon Johnson, Johnson. administration yeah. in 1965. Yep. But I don't think it ever expected to be where we are today, Dr. Mark. Well, and, and to be fair, who could have? Yeah, I mean, no, exactly. No, no one could have expected what medications. Ten thousand new Medicare beneficiaries no, a right. day yes. are adding to the roles right. of Medicare. Yeah, I mean, they they could have some, and they did have some really smart people yeah. in those government offices oh, trying to calculate it out yeah. and little little good little yeah. good finance. And I bet you yeah. that the that they hit it right for a good number of years until just it, it was yeah. just a logarithmic change in the right. expenditures right. versus what's going right. in. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting when I mentioned the Congressional Budget Office, we talk about the the clock is ticking to 2031, which is really only, what, seven years now. But they predict that Medicare will be at almost two trillion dollars, twice what it is today by 2032. The, the cost, the, the cost, cost, yeah, the, what they're what in they're spending, words, what they're putting out. We spent just under a trillion dollars on Medicare in twenty twenty two. It's expected to be over two trillion mm-hmm. in twenty thirty two. There you go. There you go. Okay, that's some serious dollars. That's a lot of bucks. A lot but of bucks. The clock's ticking. But you know, Doctor Mark, when we talk about and we we spent a whole show a while back talking about the Medicare Trust Fund. Mm-hmm. There are really two components to the Medicare Trust Fund. It's actually two trust funds. Okay. Medicare Part A, which includes hospitalization, SNFs, and all that, is funded by that one seventy four ninety that comes out of everybody's right. Social, Social Security, Security paycheck once you're eligible for Medicare. Right. So that doesn't come out of the bank, uh, of, right. of the government. It bank. comes out of comes Social, out Security Social Security and, and right. the money right. that you've earned over the years. Yep. And also, and if you make over $200,000 a year in retirement, that one seventy four ninety can escalate quite up a bit. Up to three hundred bucks. Up to three. Yeah, well, actually, three hundred and eighty bucks. Well, actually, uh, level four. Mm-hmm. There's five levels. Right. Is an additional almost four hundred dollars a month per person. Wow. Okay. And then I think level five gets to like four hundred ninety nine dollars a month over and above the one seventy four ninety. Right, which is private insurance. Yeah. You know? But again, that was enacted in twenty twelve by Obama. Right. And but again, the issue there is payroll tax deposits are not They're going not keeping to up. keeping up mm-hmm. with the Part A. Mm-hmm. Now, when you talk about Part B, which is pharmacy, physicians, ancillary, and then you talk about Part C, which is Medicare Advantage, and then you talk about Part D, which is drugs, those are all funded and solvent based on the payments that people make. Okay, okay. So yeah. the part A, when they talk about being insolvent, that's the part that the government says is going to be a up. problem and the clock is ticking. Okay. And they're saying that if today we're in the same position as 2032, the reimbursement will be 11% less than it is today to providers. So let me, let me ask you this okay. then. So by 2030, we want to have all those government – agency run insurance or, or medical coverages be managed by a third party value-based care value-based care that's right so let's call that you know 
it, it's, it's a little bit like yep. Medicare. Well, it is Medicare Advantage. It, well, I that's mean, exactly it, it, what it right? is, Medicare Advantage. And as yeah. you said, Medicare. Or Medicare ACO. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. So, yeah. so those, those entities are not covered by what this bankrupt group is that's headed right. towards. They're right? the opportunities to cut the cost yeah. to keep the, the program solvent. Right. So yep. if the program goes bankrupt, yep. they can still do those other things. Yeah. Right now, under the Medicare Part A, there's a 2.9% tax on earnings. It's called a Medicare tax. Mm-hmm. It's right out of your payroll tax right. every every time you get a paycheck. But that's not keeping up with where we are. So the issue is, does the government continue to increase that tax? Mm-hmm. Or do we find other ways to limit the out, output yeah. well, Medicare right. spending. Yeah, spending yeah. versus yeah. versus income. Exactly. Right, right, and right. and there are a number of things. You know, they talk about, well, just raise the Medicare payroll taxes on some or all workers. Well, that's really not the answer, Dr. Mark. Oh wait, so we're gonna we're gonna raise the taxes on the groups that we just raised their the Ex- minimum wage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, and then yeah. we turned around and gave uh the providers a three point three seven percent decrease in what they're going to get paid. Right, right. That's just to get them ready yeah. for the eleven percent decrease. Yeah. The other option is rail raise the Medicare enrollment age. Currently, today at age sixty five, you qualify for Medicare. Right. You can apply ninety days prior to your sixty fifth birthday and continue to apply for ninety days after your right. So 65th we we raised the the Social Security yeah. age. Yeah. We raised yeah. that from 65 to 67 That's right. when you were eligible That's for Social right. Security. That's exactly right. So now so. they're talking about, well, is that an option for people in their 20s? Now you're just going to have to wait another couple of years, and now you won't be eligible for Medicare until age 67. Okay. That's an option. So, And then basically slow the addition of new procedures that are being approved by Medicare. Mm-hmm. Basic. Benefits package, Doctor Mark. Yeah, that's no good. That's I know no that's good. not any that, good. That, I'm just, these are just the, some of the worst one. That's yeah, the that's worst the worst one so one. far. And then the other one, you hit on it earlier, making Medicare look more like Medicare Advantage. Right. That's the key. Right. But if, I think it's that a little works. bit. It's a little bit like moving your cheese, though, right? I mean, because you're basically yep. saying, yep. saying, let's let's say I've got I got two bank accounts, right? Yep. And I I spend my money from one bank account to pay certain things and then the other bank account I spend other things and yep. and that other bank account also covers all the things that I can't spend yep. from my first bank account exactly when one goes to zero yep. I don't go bankrupt yep right so yep. so it's it's a little bit it's a little bit of trickery which doesn't surprise me yep. because what are they really trying to do here they're trying yep. to get some type of political discussion going on that's right on how we can can say so if if the Democrats don't want to you know change this or the Republicans don't want to change that they're going to use these arguments to say how it affects Medicare, which everybody's heard of. Yep. But what you just explained is new information to them. Yes, right? that's right. That's so, right. So when they say it's it's going not it's not it's going to be insolvent. The clock's ticking. They're only yep. talking about what percentage? Fifty percent. Um, at at best. At best, fifty yeah. percent. Yeah. Right. And then and then we're only looking at eleven percent reduction if in fact it does happen. Right. Right. But how many hospitals can take an 11% pay cut? Yeah. Not, They're already struggling. Yeah, right, right. We right. already talked about, what, 100 to 500 hospitals are going to go Shut out of down. business in the sure. next five years. Right. It's just not not feasible. But there's so yeah. many things that are going to happen in the in yeah. the next seven years. Yeah. And as as you pointed out earlier, that, that two, uh, 2031 is a new number that, That's right. that was just That's changed right. a couple of years yeah. ago. But just so remember. We just keep kicking the can down is, the road. That's this not a bad thing. This impending Medicare trust fund insolvency. Mm-hmm. You have to remember, it's just a forecast. 
Yeah. At oh, this yeah. point in time. It's right. not fact. I mean, I get I guess yeah. it's out there, so if something like mm-hmm. this happens, then the country doesn't go screaming that why didn't you tell me what's gonna happen? But right. the answer is right. what what are right. we gonna do? Yeah. You know, what are we gonna do? Yeah. But I, I would predict that we're going to increase the the uh the age for eligibility to sixty seven. I think that's very Pretty Good likely. possibility, because, very likely. Because yep. Social Security yep. and Medicare have been in lockstep yep. since the 60s, yep. right? Yep. And so I would expect yep. that Well, to in be the reality, case. it's really a problem today, Dr. Mark, because you qualify for Medicare at yeah. 65. You don't qualify for Social right. Security until right. 66 and a half. So you're probably going to so keep working. You're paying yeah. that premium out of your pocket without getting Social Security for 18 months. Right, 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 right. And and yeah. and we were talking about this last week about yeah. how a lot of times if you're still working, you may still have an employer plan, and yet, people just delay going on to Medicare, right? Yeah. But but they still have to pay for it. That's right. Which I That's I right. just I don't understand how That's right. that how we get yeah. get away with that. Yeah. yeah. Let me show you. You know, we talked about approving different procedures and things. Mm-hmm. This year, cardiovascular procedures under Medicare, Doctor Mark, went from. $1.3 billion in 2000 to over $3.5 billion this past year, mostly on codes that never existed back in those days. Really? Yes. So there were, there are they new procedures? They're all, they're, well, they're all new codes. Yeah, new codes. Yeah, I doubt if they're much different procedures, but they're new codes in different ways to bill cardiology procedures. So you might have, let's say you have a cardiac stent. And so they may say that we, and you ended up coming in emergency room, had a cath, mm-hmm. had, had two stents placed. Yeah. But if you were deemed being a higher level of diff, like comorbidities, right. Then, right. then you can bump yeah. that up. Is that, is that where that's right. That's part and, of it. And okay. you get paid more. And that's right. how the, the, the uh, payments to cardiology tripled in the last 20 years in Medicare hmm. tripled. Well, it's always a group, right? Because right. 20 years ago, it was the ophthalmologist. That's right. Right. Well, so. let me ask you this. You know, you, you were a surgeon for many, many years. Mm-hmm. And I realize you took care of Medicaid patients a lot yes. and commercial, probably not a lot of Medicare not unless they Medicare were duals. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you see a lot of new procedure CPT codes added during the time when you started and when you finished? So we did for for an association with the the critical degree that the patient had illness, right? So, okay. so you had yep. those critical management codes that you could add on okay. to your code. So were those um, modifiers or those were modifiers. Okay. okay. And, uh, and then you can, you can look at every procedure over the years, you know, they get, it gets reviewed by a, the group of experts on that procedure. And right. they talk about, you know, sometimes yep. things become less paid for because it's like, well, this isn't right. as big a deal. Right. You know, a, a good example is when we added laparoscopic surgery. Okay. So they had to add new codes for laparoscopic surgery. Right. But the way that they calculate how much something is Now, were is those reimbursed, reimbursements higher than non-surgical procedures? They were lower. Interesting. Which means you go through more training, you have better outcomes. More expensive equipment. More expensive equipment. That's right. But, but shorter hospital stay. Everything about the patient care is better and improved, yeah. right? And the overall savings to the hospital is impre- better and improved. But the physician, but the physician, physician was hit. making more. That's right. And so the That's answer right. when we went to yeah. that was, well, if you want, you don't have to say it was laparoscopic. Well, that's fraud. Yeah. And they go, well, no, we don't look at that as fraud. So because, you get the higher reimbursement. Because, because yeah. it says if you yeah. did a laparoscopic 
uh, gallbladder removal and versus open. The, on open, the old code just said yeah. gallbladder removal. Well, yeah. they ha- then they'll change that code will go away. That'll that'll right. That'll kind of you okay. know sundown. And now you've got a code that says either open or yeah. laparoscopic. Yeah. And so, yeah. so it's it's kind of it's kind of fascinating. What a back! I'm glad I asked you that question. What yeah. a back office view of what a physician deals with day yeah. in and day out. Yeah, you, you would have never yeah. you would have never known. Yeah. And then there are certain things that if you combined codes mm-hmm. that you did or not not codes if you combined procedures, then that led to oh well you can't you can no longer charge for that procedure if you do the first yeah. procedure yeah. because it's too common that you're going to do both. Well, they don't give a new code that includes both that pays more. They just cut out the payment for the one that you're, oh, well, you're going to do that anyway. Great conversation today, Dr. Mark. Yeah, it was a nice day. uh, Finishing up, go get your annual wellness visit, know your numbers, and make sure you're involved in a value-based program, Dr. Mark. Great, great advice. See you next week. Thank you for joining us today on Healthcare Now. To find the answers you are looking for or have a question, you can reach Larry and Dr. Mark by emailing your questions and comments to follow us at healthcarenow.us. And we'll continue our discussion same time next week on navigating our complex healthcare system on Healthcare Now. On Healthcare Now. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.